Hello, Blood Bowl Grud here. Now I'm only introducing the Tier 3 podcast because they've promised me a big bag of money and the chance to touch Bob Bifford without him noticing. Hello everybody and welcome back to the show. I hope you're all doing well. This is the, what's it, this first show of the second season? Yep. So, that was it, episode 14. And with me, as usual, is the one, the only, the man, the myth, the gravy, the most enthusiastic person in the room, <laughs> Beard. Say hello, my friend. How are you doing, everyone? How are you doing, Jay? Oh, I'm okay, boss. I'm okay. Just uh, doing a little bit of hobbying while we're uh, uh, talking uh, Blood Bowl. If you hear a paint pot like that, that's me clearing my brush. Because these Black Orcs ain't going to do themselves. And on the subject of Black Orcs, that is the topic for today. So we will be going over how we would do a league with them. How we would do a sevens team with them. And if we would take any inducements. Which I will say, I've played a few games with them and I absolutely love them. More so than Necro. So I'm going to be really fighting for time with both teams, I think, in the next year or two. But I digress, that's something we can talk about later. Beard, before we get into the main topic of the show, Bert, have you got any games played this month? I have, I've played a few this month, surprisingly. And I've got a few more lined up as well. So I've played uh, Sevens with my humans team against Griff. I won 2-1. That was a very interesting, that was my first ever game of Sevens. I went 1-0 down in the first half. Uh, Griff had a ball and chain, which did sweet FA. Swung around a bit. Can I tell you something about Griff's fanatic? Go on. It never does uh, anything more than sweet FA. Well, there's got to be somebody on the team that does FA, isn't there? Well, the problem is, right, I think out of all the games I've played against him, I think he's only ever twice hit my halflings. Half the time he will just he'd dance around players, and I feel really sorry for him when it happens, because, you know, this is the guy that should be clearing out to players, making it easy for the other boys, but his fanatic, rather dance around in the middle of the field you know and just do jack shit doing a bit of cheerleading and cutting the grass well that's the thing you're not the first person to witness the uh, misuse of a fanatic he's probably the the least competent player on griff's team if i do say so myself i think we all have one of them and then my second game was my 11s human side uh, against your black hawks no Sevens, wasn't it? Sevens, we played uh, Humans Black Oaks, and that was a tie one all. Exactly. And then the week later, we played Elevens, and again, we drew one all. Yes, but it, it was a bit more than that, wasn't it? It's, we have signed up to a couple of events now because we've yep. got the BB, BB, BB. B B B B B B B B B B B B B Q two. Uh, you missed a B there. I think I did. It's gonna be blood bowl. It's gonna be barbecue. There's gonna be alcohol. So it would have been a shame to miss. So we are going. Yep. So we thought we'd test out our teams because the I think the teams that we were gonna take down there were not far off our blood lists, were they? For you, I'm running totally different in thread. I'm running halflings in thread. Ah, oh, right. I give it a crack then. And I, got, and I think my team is called Fuck You Windrum, what he said about us on the uh, last episode of Squad Chaos. So I was wondering if he pays attention to this one. Do you know he had the nerve to call us assholes and say it as if it was an offensive joke? He did. We know we're assholes. It's a compliment to us. Exactly. He, th- he thought he was a bit upsetting us, but nah. <laughs> 
So that's what we aim for as assholes. So he's going to try harder now. So my team's going to be called the Fuck You Windrums. So he's going to up his game now. So that's going to be fun to see. What else is there? Yes. So we played our Blood Bowl game. one all. It was a bit more than that. One it was you took the early lead because the majority of my team that could move was goblins. Yep. Because I was a bit tighter. My fire barely shockingly failed when I needed it most. Just to keep it uh, nil-nil. And I think I just used it poorly anyway. So I can't say nothing about that i was i was fucking about so that went downhill fast and second half i think i went into the thing of if i'm gonna lose i'm gonna take out some players and if i remember rightly beard we both had an acorn killed yep technically i think afterwards we realized that another four players should have been dead yep and you had another five or four or five in the casualty box i wonder in the ko box Yep, I think it was a total of nine, uh, nine or ten either KO'd or cast. So it shows that the Blackhawks' higher strength does work in their favour. But I do feel like the game was very much a game of two star players. Yes. So I, I had Elgrif, seeing as it was my conquistadors, it was his Spanish cousin Elgrif. Uh, and you had Varag, and Varag caused a nuisance for himself, getting in pretty much everywhere where he could. Griff was just trying to mop up and stop you causing as much mayhem as possible. Which he failed at, let's be honest. He did, he did. And it, it, it was a 1-1 hammering, it really was. I think I removed two of your players in total compared to you removing nine or ten of mine i had acorn killed i had one guy knocked out and i had one guy sent off for fouling and killing one of your players yep there we go it all kind of all went downhill from the first ro- dice roll for you though it did but i got a one i got a draw out of it which i was happy with given the dice yeah i was gonna say it's you've done you've done really well to get the draw i'm not taking that away from you even though Bull, like, Windrum would, because uh, he likes to rub into the fact that uh, you lose. I, do, I don't know why. He calls you his favourite, but then he attacks you when you speak to him. Well, I suppose we'll just both have to beat him at Threadball, won't we? We, we say that as if we're competent players. No, we'll, ju- we'll, we'll just do a bit of chuckle vision and uh, you'll you'll distract him. I'll take all his players off the pitch, and then when he comes back... It was like that before you played your turn. Oh, no, I'm just going to piss in his shoes when he's asleep. We could just padlock his tent shut. Any, anyway, we... We're digressing again. We are. So, we've had a few games played. Yep. I I have played two human teams. One of them was you. Yep. Another one was a sevens team of humans played by our friend uh, Shaolin Chainsaw. That was a bit one-sided because he was removed and these players were removed very early on in the game. Because I think you were there to witness it and I think I was a winner. Yeah. So, felt a bit bad about that one because that was when all the dice aligned early enough that the Orcs could capitalise on just being bullies. What else is there? If you guys are interested in Coop and Drag, we are going to warn you now. We have got half the spaces filled. So, get in touch to reserve or pay for your ticket so you don't miss out next year because I think the tournament scene now is filling up pretty quick now isn't it it is indeed you know we've all been stuck in for a year year and a bit so we all need to get out and do something and i think people are quickly snapping up tickets left right and center don't miss out we are on talk fantasy football and we are. it's on the naf but we also got it on our facebook page so look for us on facebook to get your eyes on the rule pack and to talk to us about booking a place i think that's it beard it is anything else to talk about at the moment because are we going to keep our hobby for the end of the show? We are indeed. 
think it's time to tour Kickstarter Corner. My friend, this is your time to shine. Pull up your boots, get your enthusiastic uh, voice on, and get away. Time for me to earn my pay, if Jay ever decides to pay me for this. Oh, you're fucking late for that. <laughs> you were late for pay. <laughs> Don't do jack shit. <laughs> So, Kickstarter Corner for this month. Can't take all the credit for it. Whilst I was doing my research, Jay was having a look himself anyway, and we both came across exactly the same projects. So, great minds and all that. Well, great minds, us two, really. So, we've got two things for you this month. We've got one that I think everybody can get behind, no matter what you play, and then we've got a team for you. So, the first thing is Skill Rings for Fantasy Football and War Games. Uh, this does have a couple of weeks to go as we look at it, so it should still be live uh, when this episode goes out. And this is STL files for printing skill rings to go underneath your bases with little slotting additions for various skills, so things like thick skull block mighty blow dodge jump up so rather than putting little uh, loom bands on your models and things falling off mid-game and you're having to fart about with it mid-game you just bob these on them very similar to charlie victor's dice ball token put your model over the top and you can easily see what's what they're stl files printed in whatever plastic your 3d printer does it but can easily be painted up to suit so that you can have one set of skills so strength skills in red for instance dodge skills in yellow what whatever you want to go with and these if the if they printed them for you i would have backed these already so they vary in price from the usual pledge of a pound a euro or more to say thanks for doing it up to 13 euros or more for the skill holder and skill pack right up to 80 euros or more where you get all set all stretch goals you can sell the product via pdf and so on um and these look absolutely great i let's say if somebody wants to print them for me i'm happy to pay them some beer money or if by some miracle i win the euro millions between now and then i get a 3d printer i'd love to have a set of these what do you think personally i think they're a good idea and i'm in the same boat as you it's a shame i haven't got a 3d printer to uh, download them but yeah if somebody we know had a printer i would easily buy this send it to them pay for the resin get them ready for the club because i like a loon band but what can i say it's a good idea it's well executed simple cheap it's everything that you want you don't want anything too expensive just to be put on the base and sat on the table so i think it's a good idea i do like i say if i had a 3d printer or somebody wants to print these out for us get in touch so that's, that's the first project we've got. Now the second one is a Chaos Dwarf team. Now I've heard lots of rumours that Teams of Legend are going to be coming up in the next 6 to 12 months as releases. So these, if you want to get yourself a team out there, these are a great kit. So the list is Chaos Dwarfs Fantasy Football and the team themselves are called the Calm Bastards. We don't have any family friendliness to this show so I'm sure Future Jay won't edit that out. And these are 3D printed chaos dwarfs and they've shown the the proofs there's in the base team uh seven different chaos dwarfs nine different hobgoblins two different bull centaurs one minotaur markers team numbers and these for my money look great these really do look like the proper old school chaos dwarfs from second edition they've got the big hat chaos dwarfs and they've got horned chaos dwarfs as well with these the, the hobgoblins are full of character as well so they're not just one or two simple monopose hobgoblins that just look like they're in little jester's outfits and there's other perks as well so the stretch goals for star players a dragon sent bull centaur a couple of additional goblins goblin kings a bomber goblin a beer lady hobgoblin 
cheerleader and these again they're stl files so 15 euros will get you the full chaos team with extra options and stretch goals 15 euros 13 quid roughly for a team that you can print yourself where you're talking what's that 16 18 19 19 plus stretch goals so you're probably talking a good 20 25 models there for 12 quid 13 quid i think that's a bargain what do you think to those yeah that's a it's a bargain but i'm going to be honest with you to me they look like is it star players mm. it looks like one of the uh projects that we haven't long seen yeah but this one feels like it's sdl copy of another company's models to me personally that, that's fair and i think a lot of these a lot of these kickstarters where they are sending you stl files or a lot of things that you see online will become a lot more accessible for people as the price of 3d printers comes down yeah you know, as they oh, it's, as, it's as, as they become be. more accessible more people will eventually back these kickstarters because there will be more people that will go i'll download that click oh look it's printing it's done you know there may not necessarily be more people designing things for themselves but there'll be more people when 3d printers become more accessible that will be able to back kickstarters like these because you won't have to do like where do we not does anybody uh, want to do me a favor or can we win the euro millions you know no there's no doubt about that because we had uh, like i wouldn't say we're exactly old or anything like that but you look in our lifetime now there was the mobile phone that came out and that was you had to be rich to use it Yep. And now people are buying it for like these seven-year-olds when they go playing out in the street. Yep, DVD players. DVD players, that was another one. That was a high-end before. And now you can get probably get them for like 15 quid. Yep. What else was it? I think even like, if you look at it, home printers were yep. really expensive at one point. And now you could probably pick them up cheaper than the cartridges. Yep. So it's bound to happen. But yeah, it's you've got to take your time with it. It's got to be probably a bit more user-friendly. There's going to be like you know 3D printed for dummies made soon, and then everyone will be having a go at it because you know it's not just models at the end of the day. You could you could 3D print whatever out of things, can't you? As long as it, as long as you've got the idea and you've got the know how to make it, because people have been 3D printing guns, like you know. So you can you can easily do stuff for the house. At some point, it's got to be low enough that it will break. You know the high street market. So Absolutely. We just, so what it's going to be? It's going to come. So everyone just save their money, hold on to their boots. If they want to get a 3D printer again, when if you've already got one, you're ahead of the curve, you know what you're doing. But yeah, at some point it is going to be cheaper. But that's my own opinion. So Beard, we've rambled, we've talked shit, we've gone through Kickstarter. I think it's time for us to go to a break. And when we come back, we are going to be talking Black Oaks. So if you like your green skins, mean... Even your goblins have got a bit of an attitude. Stick around, because we are going to be talking all things big, black oak and bad. Hello, Blood Bowl Grud here. Are you looking for a new pair of boots for your Blood Bowl game? Well, why not try a new Orchidas Tier 3s? Every size from Snotling to Ogre, and the guarantee is Stump, and the elf is gone. Oh, we all hate war dancers, don't we? And we're back, guys. And this episode, like we said earlier, we're talking Black Oaks. And these are the new green skins that come with Blood Bowl 2020. As we know from games that me and Beard have played, they're quite hard hitting. We're going to break our down, what we like, what we dislike, and how we would build a 7s team and how we would build an 11s team. I'm excited because I've used these teams a lot and it's, it's quite a different tactic. Where you would think they're like 
a poor man's lizard team. I think they've got their own little niche and they're a bit more than that because they're quite a bully team. I hope people are listening to this and if they are on the fence about them, do give them a try because it's a very strong style of play that they have. They're not quick off the quick off the mark. They are a slow build. They build they build a lot of gaps and then you gotta have your goblins ready to take advantage of it. Bien, do you agree with that? I do. I completely agree with that. They're not the fastest team in the world, but they are very, very hard hitting with up to seven strength four or above players which is going to be very difficult for a lot of teams to deal with because you're going to be facing uphill blocks if you're going up against it pretty regularly i do like the fact that the auckland raiders one of the most legendary teams in blood bowl have been written into the black Hawk team backstory so they're not exactly new kids on the block they have been around auckland raiders have done quite well in the past so um it's just a recategorization but i yeah. think in what we've played I think they work really, really well. There's a theme to them, and they play to that theme very, very well. Yeah. Got to remember as well, though, Beard, I'm not the best player, so there's probably someone out there that can play them properly. We'll, we'll hold it to that. Like, Do you mean somebody who might dress up as an orc while playing orcs? Who, like, really gets into being an orc? Possibly, but also someone that's very good at Blood Bowl. Well, there is that as well. All right. And before we get into the actual team positions and the breakdown of what, te- of what skills we would take, I got a little bit of a gripe, and that is Spike 12, which was the spike that accompanied the dice and cards sets that came out, because they said, oh, you know, we're going to bring out a spike for the teams that came in the box set. And if I'm honest with you, Beard, there was no fucking point to this. I think out of the whole book, the only thing that you don't get from the rule book is a page where they talk about the different types of balls that the teams have. So you've got the, the welded steel ball for the Black Orcs and the Jeremy crested balls for the Imperial Nobility. And that's it. Everything else is rule book standard. There's no new star players. There's nothing. There's not even like a inducement or staff that they've kept out of death zone just to make this a feasible book it's to be honest it's a load of shit and i'm gonna say definitely a load of shit because it's not like you would take this not to just carry around a big book of rules you need the rule book with you at all times so all this stuff is there already why would you want to have a little book of gumph at the bollocks what you're saying is it's a load of balls it's worse than a load of balls but it's a full-on herd of goat shit i'm just going to go back to the very first thing you said you said you had a gripe you've been griping so much about this people over the other side of the bridge have been hearing you so you know I'd, 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 uh, I'd raise it up a couple of levels from a gripe. Okay, it's a bitch and a moan? How is that? Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it falls into the bitch and a moan category. I don't know, it's a couple of barks from a tree that could have you know, gone to something else. Like, you know, it would have been better off as toilet paper. Yeah, but it's got some pretty pictures in it. What do you fucking do? <laughs> so it's Playboy, probably. I don't give a flying fuck about that. Anyway, the, uh, your hard it does. So what we're going to do, there's only three positionals, and we're going to go through them now. We're going to give you the uh, cost, the stats, the skills, and what skills we would give them if we were lucky enough to skill up our players. So, yeah, do you want to take it off with the Goblin Bruiser linemen? Yep, so Goblin Bruiser linemen, these are going to be your throwaway disposables, 0 to 12, you can take, and they cost you 45,000 gold pieces. They're also your most, I don't want to say agile, most manoeuvrable is probably the best term, with a movement of 6. The weakest at strength 2, 
agility 3 plus so they are your most agile passing of 4 plus armor value of 8 plus and as all stunty and small things come with dodge right stuff stunty this one's a big one for me they come with thick skull which almost negates the majority of stunty just makes them that little bit more survivable when it comes to ko's now their primaries are agility the secondaries are general passing and strength now i built two goblins with my extra skills that i'd take for upgrades when we go through skills in this edition now blood bowl 2020 we're talking skills that you choose rather than randomized skills so for the goblin my first one is going to be a sneaky git dirty player because it's what goblins do that's what they're made for and my second one would be a dedicated ball carrier who i'd give sidestep and show hands to what are you going with with your goblins well to be honest but i've gone with a few mixture of skills because they're your most numerable player because these are your linemen so you're gonna probably recycle these a lot more if you're playing sevens these are what your team is going to be built on so i was looking at it and i think if you're going down the sprint sure feet leap is always going to be a good one if there's prone players to help you get over there sidesteps always good if you're going to get hit you you can say where you want to go so if you're on the on if you're on the sidelines if you're on the sides you can protect yourself sneaking it dirty player you've got to have it you've got to have a player built for that he's got to be able to take people out fend is always useful because that's going to keep them on their feet but problem with this team there's no dedicated thrower so you'd have to build one so that would be sure hands that would be accurate because you're not going to make you're not going to make a load of big passes because as we know with stunty they've got they got negatives for passing so if you can just up their uh, skills through passing just to get the short pass off it's going to be very helpful because like i said they're the fastest player on your team movement six so they're going to be out of position quite easy so you need to be able to make up the gap and that's yeah. how i would approach it so if i got a runner it's going to be leap sprint sure feet catch is always good throwers are going to be built sure hands accurate fend and sidestep but i think with this edition now you're probably not gonna want your goblins to have three or four different skills you're gonna probably oh they've got one or two if they get third you probably drop them get another one keep it low because the ones that are going to be doing the heavy list lifting is your black orcs yep so same if they get stat busted other than maybe movement anything else stat bust i'd probably sack them unless they've already got two skills added on yeah even though they are your linemen don't get attached to them because they are if they get any good they got to get out the door and i think that says it all really for goblins as well because that's how you would recycle them as well but going from that now i will talk about black oaks now these are the big grunts of the team you have zero to six of these guys they ninety thousand gold movement for strength for Agility 4 plus, passing is a 5 plus, armor value is 10 plus. It's slow, but they hit hard. And they, as we've found out in a couple of our test games, they can hit really hard. And skills brawler and grab, which really comes in handy. Block light is a good skill to have because if you if you get stuck on that both down re-roller, you know, you've got a 50-50 chance you might get a push, you might get a pow. It might just be worse, or you might get the same thing. So, you know, there's always that risk. But it saved my ass a lot, and I will admit that. When I played Beard, I would say Brawler saved my game and stopped Beard running away with things. Do you agree with that, Bud? I would. I think it's re-rolling one of those both downs. It's just something to have in your back pocket, knowing that you have that on, what, up 
to six six players automatically already come with that that's almost effectively a free reroll. don't get me wrong on a certain result but it could it's there's worse skills out there to come with starting skills it's very it's very thematic in the sense that they're big they're bruising they're going to be fighting you know they're going to have their hands on you they're going to try and put you down you're going to struggle they're going to go again and try and put you down a second time because of their sheer size and strength the other part of that as well is that strength four which means most of your linemen that are coming up against these guys are going to double up just to equal them yeah so you either got to double up you got to triple up and that does draw in a lot a lot to play then don't it? because you've got to really defend against them absolutely i mean having having six strength four plus the troll so seven strength four above players you're only really talking what ogres and lizard men really that can keep up with that yeah you know it's having a big guy and multiple strength four as well so there's not many teams that are going to outstrength you and as, as an opposing player like you say you've got to double up just to get a one dice block you are it, it does really make you think about positioning and those that's where your goblin bruises yep they're cheap they're effective but you put the right skills on them they will get away they'll they'll get through those gaps where you've had to double up on players quite easily exactly so primary for black oaks then is general and strength and the secondary is agility and passing and i gotta be honest but when i was looking at how i would build a black oak didn't actually go into the agility table i didn't think it was worth it secondary if you're ever going to go down the secondary route just do it for leader because that uh, 10 plus armor value it's very hard to break and to take him off the off the field if you're going to put a leader on him you know that you're going to definitely use that before the guy goes off but you can build him around tackle wrestling mighty blow guard stand firm is a good one because of the higher strength crow which is very useful skill anyway that is probably more useful sometimes than block but yeah these guys you want to build them to get into a crowd and then they can just fight their way out and that's how you gotta play them you gotta throw them at players knowing that your armor value is gonna hold up and you're gonna slowly take them down and you've got to like chop at a beard how would you build you a black orcs boy so my black orcs first off mighty blow guard they're gonna be in the thick of it they're gonna be doing most of your offensive tackling and blocking so mighty blow to help them with getting star player points and removing players guard again if people are going to already be doubling up on you chuck a guard in there it's going to make their life even more difficult they bring a star player oh look your star player strength four my bog standard black orc is strength four and his friend has guard their strength five i think that guard is still going to be a big skill in this edition my second one was guard stand firm like yourself just that wall of strength four not going backwards you know i think yeah. grab is it's a very underrated skill especially if you have multiple players that have it you can easily clear channels you can push players out towards being surfed quite easily so i i, I think for me it's about maximizing that skill that they come with put them where you want them and maximize on the higher strength so go with the mighty blow to help remove players as quickly as possible or just to remove yeah. players for star player points because we all know from bog standard orcs how difficult the black orcs there were to level up i've not seen how these run in a league as yet so i don't know what leveling them up going to be like i would imagine the troll is going to be the biggest pain in the ass to do but for me guard is the big one and then mighty blow stand firm 
as the other two skills. Yeah, I think it's going to be a very slow team to build on. For league, I should say. Because, like you said, you've got to try and keep the goblins out of trouble. So you need them just to get over the line. And depending on how well your dice are going, can you guarantee that you're going to get two, three goblins over the line every game? Exactly. Black Oaks, because you're throwing them into the thick of it. Perhaps a couple of armor breaks and a couple of uh, casualties could do it. But it's a very slow game. I think it's like the equivalent of how Chaos Chosen were. You needed to get their warriors through uh, two or three seasons to be able to get the skills. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They were a very slow build. It was like they were more efficient towards an, towards an end of a season rather than beginning of the season but that's just my opinion i might be wrong and like i said there's probably a hundred black oak players out there that's got a completely different idea to how to run it than i have so i could be wrong beard do you uh want to go over the troll for us yeah of course so the the troll is a maximum of one hundred and fifteen thousand gold pieces and your troll is movement four so same speed as yorks strength five agility five passing five armor value ten comes with always hungry loner three plus mighty blow plus one projectile vomit really stupid regeneration and throw teammate projectile vomit is one of the newer traits it didn't really do a massive amount in our games but it's a cool funky little skill to have your primary strength your secondary agility general and passing now my try i i thought how would i run these and there's two different things i'd do first up would be juggernaut and block so again similar to grab you're forcing your way through where you want to go or you can reroll it if you need to and my second one was thinking about how trolls are used and the amount of times that they do go stupid if you don't do anything with them if you don't activate them they can stand where they are and not or they don't lose tackle zone so i was thinking guard block so use it more as a defensive than an offensive piece and just yeah. have it line of scrimmage it's got guard so it's assisting everybody else no matter who else is in its tackle zone and block so that when people do think ah i'm gonna take that big guy down because he's gonna be a pain in the ass well he's got block which is, helps with survivability that that was my thinking what what, what have you done with your troll you know what i like about you were thinking go on you added block normally like we said at the beginning of this podcast a year ago that we weren't going to add block and dodge you've added no block a new season, old rules have gone out the window, is it? Bit? It is. It is. It was also a momentary lapse of judgment. Yeah, if you give me, yeah, yeah. if you give me two seconds, I'll have a quick look at the general skills again. No, 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 no. I'm, no, keeping, no, no. I'm keeping all this in. I'm keeping oh, all no. this in. No, no. Everyone's going to see that you've not kept the end of your bargain, boy. In that case, then I'd take frenzy instead. Really, on a tr- on a troll. On a troll. If you're already going to be trying to negate the really stupid by having other players in his tackle zones. He's not going to go stupid as often. If you're giving him something like Juggernaut, or you're giving him Guard, or you're adding other offensive skills, Frenzy, especially if you have, when you've got Grab on all your Blackhawks, there's going to be people people who are going to shit a brick going, hang on, that fucking troll's out for for something. It's going to get twice the number of blocks at Strength 5. It could go badly wrong. Yeah, this this is what I was going to say, was if you're going to put Frenzy on him, You've got to roll for the really stupid for each action, I don't know, because I think that's you what do. they said in the FAQ. Yep. So you could really fuck yourself up with that. You could, but it'd be fun to see. Oh, okay then. You uh, you do that then, boy. So if you get called out for block, you're going to put uh, Frenzy on it, right? I okay. am. I am in this instance. You heard it first, guys and girls. So before we carry on, shall we talk about projectile vomit? Because it's a new 
skill, trait or whatever, we'll go over it just so people who are new to the hobby can have an understanding of it. So this is a special action now, which you yep. can use instead of a block, so you can use it as part of a blitz or just a normal block. So you nominate a player, tell them that they're going to be part of the projectile vomit skill a snotting team and you've got two trolls both trolls can do this at the same turn there's no limit to how many times you can do it just the only limit is how many trolls your team can take exactly you've got to roll a d6 on a two plus the player projectile vomits on the nominated target on a roller one the somehow manages to puke all over himself and causes himself a bit of harm after that then you have an armor roll and the armor roll cannot be modified if the after you've broken the armor all the normal traits apply like if you've broken it and you've gone over you can have him prone you could have him injured you can have him dead basically but you said you've got that you've got that chance of puking on yourself but also just as a side note as well if you've done the project of vomit and in your case you said you'd add frenzy yep you can't do it as part of frenzy no but you can still do it as part of a blitz or directly onto an opponent in in your tackle zone that's not a problem just be aware of that and it can't be modified as well so it's a straight up yeah, there's no mighty blow, no claw, nothing like that that can uh, yeah. fuck around with it. So, uh, I think when we played our games and I had the troll, I think that was putting me off a bit because your average armour was about 8 or 9, wasn't it? Not that that made a difference. Well, you say that, on average, I was rolling about a 7. I just had very lucky breaks at very lucky times throughout the whole game and you were unlucky that your players stayed off. Because I wasn't taking nine out of every drive. I was taking perhaps one or two out of drive. Yeah. And then they've just stayed off the pitch. Like like I said, they are a slow burn, but they are effective at it. You've got to be aware of the opponent's armor value. Because like, if you're coming up against uh, halflings, I think if you brought your halflings to the fight, perhaps I would have been uh, trying to puke on them more. Because they've yeah. got the very low armor value is high chance that you're going to be uh breaking that often and sending them off but uh before i go any further you asked me what skills i would take so there's not a lot of skills i think are effective and efficient for a troll i think pro and tackle are very useful even if you don't move him and you've just got him on your front line he's being a pain in the ass yep guard is a uh, good one to have stand firm because like, if they do bully him a bit they they've got to put up with him standing there so again stand firm thinking that they can push him back it's not going to happen which will help you if you've got tackle as well because they haven't gone out of the tackle zone but then if you are in the habit of throwing players you've got to have strong arm of now because that's a necessity yep strong arm and pro are probably the first two skills to get perhaps i would break my rule of uh not getting blocked on a troll because you haven't got any way of protecting him from play as the game progresses he's going to be on his own because you want to keep him either huddling two or three players or he's going to be standing standing on the line protecting the middle of the uh pitch so you want to make him as effective as possible and sadly block is the way to go with that that's my opinion so yeah it's not it's not a lot of positions in this team they're very effective at what they do and what they do is bully the team that they're opposite if you can get two players like it doesn't even have to be two black orcs you could put a black orc and a goblin and that goblin assist put them up to a five that's a world of difference but they that that can really fuck up someone's game like i said as long as you've got the ball carrier protected 
you're you're laughing. The only thing I can say is they're very sparse on star players. I was kind of hoping we would have seen a few extra star players by this point because I think really Blackhawks can have, it's going to be technically because they come as a pair, it's five star players because they have the Black Gobble, Varag, who I gotta be honest, I've changed my mind on Varag. I thought he was a waste of points because he was quite high. Absolute beast on the pitch. He's a mobile troll that doesn't have like an always hungry rule or you know a really stupid. He is point and click and things get deleted. You got Morgan Thorg because he's a tosser and he wants to be on every team. Helmet Wolf and Crack and Crumbleberry. Which to be honest, I think the only two that you could probably use effectively on there is the Black Gobble and Varag. Why would you want? Cracking Crumbleberry because they are just shit. Helmut Wolf is a, is a secret weapon with that chainsaw, so he's not going to be around often. So he's going to, you know, the rest going to want him off the pitch, so he's a waste of points. And Morgothorg is an utter cunt, so you're not going to want him on the team either. You're upset about this, are you? I hate Morgothorg. Don't understand why people like Morgothorg. He's overcosted. There's better friggin' trolls and ogres in the bloody human teams than they are him but for some reason he is this friggin icon of the thing he's like the hulk hogan of uh blood bowl like everyone's got these rose colored glasses of him thinking he's amazing and he was an utter twat just saying do, do you do you need five minutes to calm down what i need to do my boy is uh tell people how i would set up a sevens team or a 11th team how would we start there Bear in mind, when we're talking about a proper game of Blood Bowl now, which we're going to call the 11s, the re-rolls are 60,000. But for 7s, double the points, so they're 120,000. Beard, why don't you kick us off with the full team? Okay, so my 11s team then. You know me, I like to have uh, at least one of every positional. The great long list that blocks have. I was going to say, luckily, there's only three, so you can only uh, have a limited amount anyway, so... Yep, so I went with one troll, I went with six blokes, four goblins, I took an apothecary, and that came in, if my maths is any good, at 885,000k, which leaves me 115,000. So as I'm going to be coming in, as most people will be building towards a million, my first game I'd have 230k to spend on inducements, which I'd be looking at buying a drummer and probably Firebelly as well for my first game, just for that first game push. What about you? Where's... Where, Where's your uh, 11 stand? Bear in mind, I took no re-rolls in mind, so I'm I'm relying on good dice at this point. Yes, I was going to say, because re-rolls will get more expensive as you get into the year, but I took advantage of that. I went two re-rolls, six black orcs, four goblins, one troll, but then I kind of left it as that, which meant my TV is 955, which means I got 45,000 gold as petty cash. So if I'm going up against a, another team and they're around about 990, I've got a bit more cash then to spend on inducements and i will say this now just from playing it i think if you can afford a war drummer and the rules for that is in death zone a war drummer is a very good fit for black oaks it's a nice simple rule set even i could pick up but it makes hell of a lot of difference so before we go any further let's talk about the drummer in death zone i think it's page 36 you can only buy one inducement of it it's fifty thousand gold pieces and is available to teams with badlands brawl special rules as long as you've got badlands brawl you can have this and i found it very effective for black oaks at the start of each drive after the kickoff event has been resolved but before the ball itself lands roll 3d6 for each four plus 
one player on the opposing team pushed back one square towards their own end zone, exactly as if they've been pushed back block dice and the result has been applied against them. Same player can be pushed back more than once in the, with this inducement. So, as we found out in our games, you're probably going to get one or two off a turn. But what I like about it is say you've got somebody that's gone back deep or with a player, say two or three squares from the end of their end zone because they know that you're going to give a deep kick so, it's, so you have more chance to get down the pitch. That receiver, you can, if you put all the pushes on him, push him out and you've got rid of a player. You can clear the line so as they get their first turn, they've got to come up to you. So you've taken away the first, the first blocks of the game. It's yeah. a really utility inducement. And like I said, Black Oaks, I think, are, are built for that rule because... Like I said, you can push people away so they can't tackle you straight away because some players like to, if they've got their linemen up, they will then follow up by bringing in other players to help push the line of scrimmage back. They can't do that if their players have been pushed away. So it's really, really effective. I advise people, if they are giving Black Hawks a go, give that a go as well because it changes the game a hell of a lot. If uh, I wasn't going for that, I'd get an apple. But I've built this so I can get the inducement of a war drummer on my on my first game. Not much difference. The only difference is I've got the buffer of a re-roll. You've gone, you want all the inducements, so you've gone no re-roll. So if shit hits the fan, shit really hits the fan field, really, isn't it? Oh, yeah. So you said Apple is the inducement and the fire barely is what you would go for, is it? Uh, so I'd, I'd, I'd buy an Apple outright, so I've already got that on my team, and I would take a drummer and a fire belly in my 11 in that first game. Obviously, I'm dipping into my own gold reserve for the second game onwards for that fire belly, but I think getting... Yeah players removed and getting star player points on the board early like we said because the black oaks could be a bit of a slog getting certain players off the pitch via any means necessary early on is a good thing so i take firebelly in that first game to do that firebelly is a good fit as well i will say because people would want to like castle up to protect their players because like I said, there's a lot of strength for and above in this team. The firebell is a good way of keeping them apart then, because you, you know as soon as they castle up, you drop that in the middle, you can fuck up someone's day. But I think perhaps the war drummer is more useful for a Black Oak team starting off, because it's not just a one and done per game, it's effective every drive. Yep. You're always going to get a good use out of it. But if I'm wrong, let me know. And Beard, how can they get in contact with us to tell us if we're wrong? So you can contact us through the old Facebook, Instagram. You can drop us an email at tier3podcast at outlook.com. Or, depending on where you are and if you own any, carry a pigeon. Yeah, i got a cat, so we'll uh, have the pigeon for the supper as well. So that's how they can get in contact. And tell us how you would build a team and how you would uh, look at inducements. Because we like feedback. Let's go into our sevens. As we know, sevens is a different beast altogether. Things cost a bit more. There's restrictions on players. So just for people to have a refresher, re-rolls cost double at the beginning. And then after the initial team setup, you can't buy any more re-rolls. Also, you were restricted to only four positionals outside of a light man. How I built my sevens team, and the, the gold amount is 600,000 copper pieces because it's a lower league so what we said is four goblins three black oaks one re-roll and that left me with a tv of 507 so i got 30 left over perhaps i could dip down into cheerleaders but i think it's more important to have that for inducements because like perhaps if you are the lower 
TV. You can have the Desperate Measures inducement, which gives you a chance at certain traits through the game. And at best, you get a free wizard. So I think that's a good way to start off A7's beard. How would you build yours, Bert? So my 7s team, I went with four blocks, three goblins. So four black orcs three goblins and as it proved effective in my first game i go two desperate measures because i did that last time and i ended up with a wizard for one and what was the other one that i got i got wizard and i got a free reroll out of it how effective was the wizard though bud because didn't you forget about the wizard i i knew i remembered the wizard because i uh, i put just a chip down it. i just didn't use it because the um the first half just i played against griff's goblins and gob- a goblin snuck through and i was just tied up and didn't want to risk any dodges to get back for the ball and then after the first drive griff's dice I don't want to say turned against him, but they never turned up. Oh, you could say it is Nuffle went in dry. I wouldn't even say that. Nuffle just forgot about him. I watched that game, and after that initial one-turn touchdown, that boy, well, I would say he was in a bill struggle just moving the guys across the pitch. It was something happening all the time. I was just conspiring against him, and that's why I think Nuffle went in dry on him. Yeah. No matter what that boy done, even if he, like you told him to roll a one plus, somehow the dice would shatter. That's how bad his luck was in that game. After yeah, the initial one to touchdown, you know something bad would have happened. Yeah, like there, there was, there wasn't any need for me to need to play a uh, play my wizard because it just it would have, I'd have felt bad using it. Do you know what I mean? I think my positioning went well and the, 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 the dice for Griff just turned to nothing. So, But I, I would go with two desperate measures because I think for me, sevens is meant to be that more fun, quicker game than elevens. So why not try a few of the things out for it, you know? No, I've got to be honest, but it's, like you said, it's a quicker game. You know that uh, it's built for shit with the fan. But yeah, desperate measures, I think, keeps the fun of the game, even if somebody's having a bit of a shitty game. Oh, Beard, before we get any further, but I am looking for that post that we had before. We were, When we were talking about the Sevens team, when we were talking about the centre field. Yeah. Remember we asked people to get in contact on how they would talk about how the field is set up? Because we said you could either treat the bang in the middle of the pitch as the halfway line and as long as it gets yep. over it you can treat that or is the center is it just line of scrimmage yeah yeah is it no man's land yeah it's to me like i still i'm still of the opinion it's you've got to kick it past the opponent's line of scrimmage otherwise it's a touchback but like i said we are probably wrong and other people are playing it different ways there's different house rules for this team we were contacted by a warren nichols who was uh, correcting us on the way sevens touchback issues he said my take is as follows and is based on many games played with enough rules and is that a kickoff can be placed in the no man's land and it must be placed in your opponent's zone and it may bounce into the no man's zone without being a touchback unless one the ball goes past the midpoint of the field normal blood bowl like uh, line of scrimmage it becomes a touchback. No man's land may be kicked into and is not classed as a touchback unless it crosses your line of scrimmage, then it's a touchback. So effectively, he's saying you could kick into no man's land. That's not going to affect it. But really, if you're kicking into no man's land, you're favouring the kick, kicking team, really, yeah. isn't it? because you, you, you're catching them a bit quicker. So I, to me, it feels that 
that's not the case but that is a good interpretation of the rule i think if i was going to set up a sevens league no man's land that would be touchback territory you know if you landed in there handed straight over to the team you were kicking to if anybody else agrees with warren get in contact and we can discuss this again and i think that's everything beard it is. Now we should be going into end of the show show, which is us talking hobby. Right then, guys, this is the end of the show. So where we normally take the piss by now, we are going to just have a little chilled hobby time. So we are just going to go over... How we are standing in our backlog be gone pledge and see let's tell you what's on the hobby table and I think that's just generally it, Beard. So Beard, why don't you start us off, my friend? Well, I've had a very productive month this month. Given three events that we've got to go to and a local sevens league starting up and sort of friendly games between us i've got me painting mojo back which seemed to have disappeared uh, the little blue pills didn't help but that's something totally different in terms of this i've i bought the impact minis urban achievers team i've got them all base coated various stages of color and washes i've got most of the bases done to look like bowling alleys so they're sort of slowly coming together but that's not the first event we've got coming up so i've prioritized what's going to the first event which will be the as we mentioned a little bit earlier the bbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbbb
paint and I've got most of them on a large painting handle from a paint pot, a large base. So they'll be easy enough and quick enough to get through considering most of them are already painted and washed. It's just tidy up and uh, basing for them. So yeah, my hobby's really motored this month. What about you? How are you getting on with yours? Right, as we speak, I am putting some washdown on what I'm going to be classing as my Black Oak team. So I'm hoping in the next month I will start putting photos up of more than just one model of my Black Oaks to show people that, you know, I can't actually hobby. But I've sat down, realised I've painted a few blood letters because I got an AOS army that I'm working on now and again because I seem to be using that corn team as like that's my palette cleanser i hit a bit of a snag though i will say with my black oaks because i try to do everything metallic in turbo doll and it was kind of shit oh this is turbo doc saga bit continues yeah it's gone from waiting for the paint to i now that i've got it don't like how it is it seems watered it down it didn't seem to go on very well i used it like i said on the pot which was don't water it down i tried it with thinner i just didn't like the look of it it's just it's just looked shite so i gave up and i went over to army painter i've sung the praises of army painter for weeks now and i've used the uh, gemstone red and i've sent you the pictures because what i've done was i made sure that all the reds I, they had a base coat of corn before i put the metallics down mm. you agree that it looks a nicer color don't it that gemstone yeah i'm motoring ahead now i've got six got six uh orcs goblins and orcs ready so i've done all the base coats i would have done a little bit of wash on them so hopefully in the next week or so they will start looking close to finish so i'm hoping to get them done because of the barbecue i will be hopefully getting the rest done and then i got my star players to do i think the interesting thing about this is everyone gets an acorn free yep can't stand him i think he's fucking useless useless and he was only there to sell trees yep but if i'm gonna have him free i'm gonna use him oh absolutely but what was i gonna say hopefully they will get done in the next two episodes so they will be going on the road we've got our corn war band done i went through them but i'm happy with them the necromantic is neatly done because if i sit down and look at what i've painted it's close to my 11 man team that i wanted so i'm happy with that my bloodthirster is built i got the reds done i got some black down and i got some other colors there ready to go because i've built up the skin on it and i'm just doing the wing membrane and everything now so i'm hoping it won't take me long to do that but like you said earlier about changing your pledges i'm going to take out of my pledges the 40k hqs that i said i was gonna paint i will paint them eventually at some point but i've kind of fallen in love with some models and i've spoken to you and griff and everyone else at nauseam about these and if people follow age of sigma there's been a release of soul blight grave lords and i know everyone's got an opinion of they look fucking minging but i really like the centaurs vengorian lords that you can make one as a special character luca vai and i think they're gorgeous because because they are this weird amalgamation of bat monster and then they've just stuck a body on top of it because basically it was where you would think the monster's neck is that's where the that's where the human where the vampire starts then i like the model and i was re reading uh, the fluff on it as well different story because like we're so used to seeing you know the high fantasy stuff that's based on like tolkien and stuff like that but they kind of taken their own twist on it now with age of sigma and i kind of like it and i was like I really like those models, I, and it 
like you said, you got your mojo back. I was stirring, to be honest. Like I've been saying, I want to get stuff done because I want to get them painted. That's that's the itch now. I got a scratch now. Is getting them painted. So gone past my six months now, and I said I was going to go six months without buying a model. So I'm going to treat myself to some Van Gordian loads. I'm going to be unashamed about it. I nearly broke. I got to be honest. When they got released, I nearly broke. I nearly ordered them day one. I I like them that much. They've grown on me slowly. They've I, I can't tell start an army of them, but I I I was firmly in the camp when they came out. I was like. Fuck's that? But the more I look at them and the more I hear people talk about the law and just like you go back and you think, you know what, I'm having a look at them. And then you sit there thinking, actually, that's not a bad model. And then you're like, am I buying them a paint? They're gorgeous. And it, I think it's enough on the model that it makes it um, interesting because you've got a bit of terrain that they're sitting on. You've got this bat dragon type body. You've got armor, pale skin then on top, weapons and everything. There's enough in that model to make it interesting, I think. I'm really itching to paint them, so I'm going to try and press on with everything I feel like it's going to be a, probably a chore to get done before I do them. I got a few things close, and I think that's the annoying thing is, if I actually sit down and spend time painting, I could, pro I could probably knock off pledges two, three, and four pretty quick. But when I hit a rhythm, the editing really knocks you for a bit sometimes. I know we keep a lot of the shit in. We stutter. We trip over our words a lot. And we do keep it in because that's our charm as the nation's number one Blood Bowl podcast. It's just you guys don't know about it, yeah? <laughs> Well, I don't know, like, I'm saying that, that's our charm. Like, it is. No, it's just, that's what I'm assuming it is. It does take a bit of time. So, like, I've told you plenty of times, haven't I? I, I can hit the rhythm. I'm like, right, I'm getting, the ball is starting to roll. And then when it comes to the editing part, it's like the ball stops. And then it's like, I gotta try to get the ball rolling again. So it's like, it's a very stop-start procedure for me. Yeah. I gotta try and get over that hurdle now to get everything done. I think there's going to probably be a few late nights burning the midnight oil, trying to get like a couple of hours in early As morning can. before work, just to try and get everything done. Because I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be letting people down. Let's have a look at our Facebook page. Because I did put a post out the other day asking people how they're looking on the uh, Backlog Beyond Challenge. Let's have a look. We have got Simon Bond, who didn't join the Backlog, but he said he wants to get a patch because he donated all his unpainted models to Threadball for the auction. So I told him that everyone should donate a couple of quid so he can get pissed. We've got Hugh Jenkins and he had quite a few pledges down with us. He has done his Punga Pirates team, uh, the Brotherhood of Mutants for Marvel Cri uh, Crisis Protocol and he's nearly finished his two warlords for Adeptus Titanicus. That's some good going. Yeah, and the thing is, it's like the Adeptus Titanicus models, I know they're small because it looks like epic size titans, but there's so much detail on them as well. Yep. And from what I can see, they've been based as well, so they are looking sweet, I will tell him that. And I also told him I liked the look of his Magneto model because that was fucking baller. I did see these, yeah. Owen has been burning the midnight oil as well. So here we go. He has done his 40k chaplain on bike. He's done his Grebo Lizards team. He's done three sets of Outriders from the Indominus box. He's completed his Necromunda gang. Punga Bone Giant has been done. And I think he's done a 40k Impulsor tank as well. So he is probably the furthest along. But then again, he 
gave us a list about 40 uh, projects long. He did. This had a uh, list longer than my backlog of shame, and I think he's got through most of it already. That's, that's some good going. I think he's done enough to get a patch already. So I, think I would say so. Going. And our boy Windrum, let's have a look at him. He's completed this so far. Is is GW Undead? That is GW Flings. He's done the Gaimia mod model for Squad Chaos Legacy Team. The two-star players. And I think he's done a halfling man manager for his water bowl team. So he is quite far along as well. We are looking at another one of our boys. Was done a GW Chaos team. Born Grebo team. That he's halfway and he's halfway through a Snotling team. And he is at this moment also doing Black Oaks and Amazons. Everyone seems to be going along really well. I think some people have made some great progress there, and I think that we are certainly going to have to get quite a few patches ordered by the end of the year. Oh, yes. And I can see Backlog be gone... 2022 being a thing as well because there's, there's a few people that seem to be joining in and i keep seeing the hashtags here and there so uh it's 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 nice to see the movement going to say it was just sort of a jay wants to get his his stuff painted kind of initiative and now it's it's really motoring along yeah it's like i said i'm i'm thankful that there's been people involved in it and you know it's it inspired me to try and get my painting along and for all the shit i give people like uh our friends over at uh, Squad Chaos. This helped me try and up my game. Because now I've realised how slow I am at painting. It means that I've got to try and work out a way for me. Best that I can to up my game and make my painting fast. But also look tidy as well. It can't, it can't just be somebody's dipped this model in paint and they calling it done. It's got to look tidy because everybody that's joined in on this adventure with us. Their painting is absolutely fantastic. I gotta be honest. I've seen some people. I'm like, how how are they not golden brush painters? Or yeah, and I'm like, if I can just emulate half of what they're doing, I would be happy with be with my painting. It just it means I've got to try harder to get stuff done, which is not a bad thing because you've got to push yourself to try and expand your repertoire anyway. You know, so absolutely, it's gonna be a bit of a slog. It's gonna be a push, and I'm looking forward to it. So if anybody you see guys that is trundling along or they're struggling send them an encouraging word it will help them out i promise you that some people do need a little bit of encouragement and it will make the world a difference to them and i think that's it now beard it's time for us to go so it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from me and we will see you next time <laughs>